You are listening to From Where I Stand, a podcast produced by St. Charles Barmeo Church, Montgomery Township, New Jersey. For some, it's standing on a subway platform. For others, standing in line at the supermarket checkout. It can be on the best day you've ever had or the worst moment of your life. Or just standing somewhere, anywhere, on an ordinary Wednesday. It's the moment when you realize you are being called to some new choice, to use your life in some new way. Here at St. Charles, we know God calls us. And it's not just at a certain age or stage of life. Sometimes, in the most ordinary moment, we see life, our life, in a different way. And for most, it doesn't happen in church or a religious event. Here each week, we'll share the story of someone who has experienced that call. Their life might be just like yours, or nothing like it. But as you listen, you might find yourself realizing, I've been called too, from where I stand. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, From Where I Stand. My name is Dan Pace, and today our guest is Mary DeSico. Hi, Mary. How are you today? Hi, Dan. How's everything going? Good, good. I'm glad you're here. So Mary, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So Dan, I've been a member of this parish for probably 27 years. And um, I came here single and unemployed to the area. And um, I uh, actually was married in this parish 24 years ago to to my husband, John. And so uh, the parish has been very important to me. Um, I, I ended up in this area because um, I had just uh, recently gotten out of the Navy and um, my sister lives in Hopewell and I was looking for a place to, to live and to p- pursue my profession. As, as you know, I'm a dentist and- I do know I, that, yes. I don't know if yeah. everybody knows that, but Mary's a dentist, everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I actually uh, ended up working in this area and then setting up my practice in this area. And one reason I chose this area uh, to stay was because I, I was um, felt like I did get some, a lot of spiritual uh, gifts from St. Charles. And I felt that was important in my life, especially, especially then because I was single and I just felt I needed something to connect to um, as I started out on my own. So Mary, where are you originally from? So I'm actually uh, from several locations because my dad was in the Navy and I ended up being born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, because when I was born, he was out at sea on a carrier. And so my mom, of course, went back to where her family was. And over the years, Scranton was a place I always returned to because my grandmother lived there and all my mom's family. So we always would go there for Easter time. And so that was uh, became an important place because since my dad was in the Navy, we lived a lot of different locations. So that was one location that was always um, always there for us. Every Easter was the same, no matter where we lived. And that was important. And so did you happen to go to the University of Scranton? 
Well, actually I did, I did. And uh, that's an interesting story because my, um, actually growing up Catholic, my dad was very influential in my life, but he ended up dying when he was in his early forties and I was 15 at the time. And that left um, a big void in our life. And in addition, there were a lot of voids that happened all around that same time because I had both grandfathers die and two uncles die, all unrelated, but it left a big, big, big voids. And one Easter when I was up there, one of my aunts had made an appointment for me to go visit the University of Scranton. And um, up to that point, I hadn't really visited any colleges and my mom wasn't really in a place to be thinking about this. And, uh, and that started the process. So it, it gave me a focus and, and I hadn't even realized it at the time, but that was very influential in my life by, because I got such a wonderful education and it sort of started to give me direction for the rest of my life by, by going to the university. And, and now that's a, obviously a, a Catholic uh, school yeah, that, and how, how did that, in, yes, it is Jesuit. And how did that influence yeah. you and your faith? It is a Jesuit school. And um, I guess what really, um, where I grew in my faith there was the fact that I really began to see that in all of life, everything is an expression of God um, and uh, people's actions and whatever they do, whether it's in the arts or the sciences or um, whatever, it's like they're able to give praise to God for all of his creation because it's all coming from him. So I really saw sort of a unification of of the world through sort of God's eyes, him being the, the great giver of life and us being able to be participants in his creation. And, and so that was very expansive for me so that I could really start seeing that all of my actions, whatever I did could be, were basically coming out of a spiritual place. My, my dad had been very spiritual. And so we had a really good Catholic upbringing but we saw sort of also were very structured. I mean, we said the rosary and we, we did, um, you know, stations of the cross and, um, and we sort of always felt like, <laughs> sort of like the, the best way you could praise God was becoming a priest or a nun. And this sort of actually going to the University of Scranton didn't diminish that, but it, let, it, it gave a lot more credence to the value of people working in the world who weren't necessarily religious and realizing that there is a, um, a well, the term was priesthood of the laity, which was, I guess, maybe coined during Vatican II. And so that really sort of set a tone for how I looked at my life and in terms of how I could be in the world and serving God, even if I didn't choose to become a nun. And then, so after at that point, then you also ended up uh, in the Navy. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> so were you, so was that something that you felt called to do? Or? When I went, when I was first accepted into the University of Scranton, I mean, I had no idea what I wanted. I was actually accepted as a sociology major and I ended up being in the non-science groups of stuff. And I got so impressed with science 
that I ended up switching to biochemistry. And then when I went and decided I wanted to do more out of college, I thought in terms of dentistry and I got accepted to dentistry. And I got, um, I sort of got called to dentistry because I'd had good experiences going to the dentist. Unlike a lot of my friends in dental school who had never been to the dentist, I'd been to the dentist all the time. I had terrible teeth. Mm. And, but I had good experiences. And, um, and then I looked for a way for it to be um, paid for. And I ended up getting a, a military scholarship through the Navy that paid for my dental education. And I sort of like really sort of felt called to that because it also would bring me more into the world, into um, a more diverse situations. I had grown up when we had lived um, in different places. I was exposed to a lot more diversity around me from many different social economic groups and groupings than I did where I sort of grew up and especially Scranton. And then I was also growing up in Toms River, New Jersey. Right. So to go out in the Navy, I really felt was um, very exciting, but also, um, yeah, a calling to be out sort of in, the, in a world that wasn't necessarily Catholic. And I'd gotten that from my father who had been um, sort of felt like he best served God by, um, you know, serving in the Navy. So uh, one of the things uh, about now you're being a dentist um, is the compassion that you have to have for your patients. Um, so is that something you felt called to specifically uh, kind of going above and beyond when it, when it came to dealing with your patients? Um, well, actually, yes. Um, even when I was in the, in the Navy, um, you know, I felt I could just strive to do my best with everybody because it wasn't a business model. It was a service model of work. And, um, and then when I, I was there act, active duty eight years, and when I chose to come out of the Navy, um, I sort of felt called to work in a private practice, a, um, a general practice. And it's interesting, I, I, never, um, I never wanted to own my own practice. That was never anything I had thought about but I was called to sort of be able to provide the care the way I wanted to provide it, not from such a strict business model that many places I found myself working in had. And so I sort of felt compelled in order to work and give of myself the way I wanted to give um, and to pursue my dentistry to my best, that going and opening up my own was, was I almost felt I had no choice. <laughs> And it was challenging. Um, I, uh, I, I loved it, but it was very challenging. And um, well, tell me a little bit about those challenges. Well, the challenges is balancing the, um, the professionalism, um, pursuing my own career, because you're always constantly learning and the excellence I demanded of, of, of myself and training my staff. And then realizing that, um, the important things came as interruptions into your life where you didn't necessarily, you know, you felt like sometimes I felt like sometimes, well, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to focus on that, you know, right. and it was those, those times where, um, you know, like the message of the uh, parable of the good Samaritan is one that always resonated with me as a child, where it's like, you see something 
And it's like, you can't like not, you can't look away. <laughs> you gotta right. respond to it. And those times sometimes came when it didn't feel convenient, you know? And those were the struggles in terms of how you focus yourself and still, you know, sort of like I found myself at times feeling like it was a burden to sort of respond to those things with compassion, which I did, but then they turned into blessings in terms of what I got involved with outside of my structure. I don't know if I said that right, but. It sounds good to me. So I mean, I, there's two aspects of that that I know about you. And um, the one is that I know you're big on service, uh, especially through like the Rotary Club and through, through St. Charles. And the other part is, um, well, actually just talk about that first and then I'll, I'll ask you about the second part. About, um, yeah, so when, when I um, came to the area and was, um, I, I got involved and was invited to join the, the Rotary Club, which the motto of the Rotary Club is service above self. And for me, it was like um, a perfect melding of a lot of my spiritual journey because you're interacting with people from outside your church and even, um, you know, certainly profession and um, different thoughts and politics and everything, but you're working together towards one end. And that's, that's, uh, and for the good, because one person can make a difference in, in changing a life. And that's sort of the premise. And it's the same premise that resonates through my, you know, my Christianity and my Catholicism. So I really found that to really sort of mutually work together. And and the other aspect, um, also as far as challenges are concerned, is that um, you lost a parent uh, a couple of years ago, uh, or your mother. You lost your father a long time ago when you were younger, but then also you lost your mother more recently. Tell me a little bit how you, where you stand now with your your family. Right. So um, my. I, I can remember one of the messages that my, my father had for me before he died was sort of like to, to take care of your mother and to help your brothers and sisters. And that sort of being told to a 14 or 15 year old, it's like, okay. But then as life goes on, um, when my mom got sick and we were then taking care of her and then after she was gone, I realized that families just don't stick together automatically. There's gotta be, um, you've, you've gotta think about, you've gotta have take action if you want people to get along because people don't, we're all very diverse in my family. And so I sort of made an effort all through those years, especially coming when my choice to come back to New Jersey was to be closer to family and to be available, to be supportive of them and, and that's worked out, it's been a big part of my life. It's not always, um, you know, being with family isn't always convenient, but there's such blessings. And I, I can say I've never regretted the blessings and the family that I have around me. I have felt that my, my family are all blessings to me, but it's, it's something that I did work on in terms of being available to them. And um, still am, it's, it's a process, life, life is a journey. <laughs> And, and you called in multiple ways in life. And, and we've already heard that 
just in this little brief conversation that we've had. Um, so I think as we kind of come to a little bit of a close here, what kind of, um, well, words of wisdom, I guess, would, would be yeah. the way to put it. What kind of words of wisdom would you have for anybody who's listening to this, who, who's going through, you know, their life and, and, and knowing that, you know, you're called at each point in life and, and you're a great example of, of being open to that, um, that call. Well, I, one word of wisdom to anybody with children, whether they're parents or you're around children, is don't underestimate the type of effect you can have on their life by, by your interest and by leading them towards God in their life at a young age. Um, and then the, the other thing is, being able to stay tuned to um, as your life gets, as my life got busier, staying tuned to the other things happening. I felt it was some of the auxiliary things that, that really I was called to intervene or to be helpful, helpful with. And it's the small things in life that can make a big difference. Just like, you know, my, my aunt just intervened very quickly um, by setting me up with an appointment at Scranton. University of Scranton, but it changed my life. And um, I, I think we can underestimate how much of an effect we can have by just having a, a listening, being able to be aware of people around us and what their needs are and listening. And it doesn't have to be big things to be able to, to connect with people. I, I think that's a message that I've seen over and over again, how small things can make a really big difference. That, that's true and very, very well said. Well, Mary, I, I appreciate uh, your time. Um, we have been talking to Mary DeSico, who is a local dentist, but she has many, many callings in her life. It's my pleasure to share a little bit of my life. So you've been listening to the podcast From Where I Stand. Stay tuned for future news about the podcast and for future episodes. The C3 Project, Creating a Culture of Calling, is a multi-denominational initiative sponsored by Vibrant Faith and funded by the Lilly Endowment. If you would like to learn more, go to www.barameo.org and click on the C3 Project tab.